2: And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, today's episode is about building it most certainly. Relationships is. you didn't let me finish. <laughs> we're we're talking about actually I'm kidding. We're well, not we're not talking about building well, relationships. We, well we kinda are. You're, well yeah, we, we might are. not be wrong. Yeah. Okay, well here, let's flesh it out. We're talking to a builder. Yeah. Okay. A our own home homes. In, in Metro Vancouver. That's right. Okay, so it is about building. Raman <laughs> Hara. have <laughs> got that. Yeah, of Hara Homes. <laughs> yeah, but it's also about building relationships because Raman Hara is actually somebody that we connected with because not only is he a listener of the podcast, but he also is somebody that we follow on Instagram. That's right. So we connected and we said, hey, you maybe you should come on. We're doing a, a show on kind of behind the
1: scenes of builders in Metro Vancouver, and we want to know kind of what makes your business work. Well, yeah, we have a lot of clients in a lot of podcast listeners that have actually reached out to us kind of novice investors or uh, seasoned that, investors, yeah, but that want to learn more about the process, and yep. and a guy like Ramen, who a grew up in a building family, has been in building his entire life, right, and is now in the process of buying and selling homes, sure. throughout the Lower Mainland. It makes sense to ask him, you know, what his experiences are like, how the market is, what he looks for, what, what the numbers he's, like. he's made. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's it was, it's, so it's going to be a fantastic episode.
2: Yeah, really looking forward to that. But before we get to our interview with Ramen Matt, we have a tip. Yeah, we do. Tip of the market, of the market yeah. yeah. Tip of the market to you, Matt. Tip of the market to you, Adam. So today we're talking about bullying and we're not talking about uh, Braden's existence in high school. Oh, hey. Wait, whoa. no, you didn't let me finish being bullied. <laughs> oh, come on. It's a touchy time. Yeah, But seriously, though, we're talking
1: about bullying offers today. That's right. Which is uh, something that we love to do. Yeah, we we love to do it. Maybe we should talk about exactly what bullying an offer means. For sure. I, we've probably mentioned it before, but now is a great time to reiterate so bowling an offer is basically when the seller does not want to look at offers until a certain time. Or their agent has stated that. Yeah. And you disregard the instructions and send them over an offer before that time. And often the the offer is really, really strong. So maybe it's
2: asking with few subjects or maybe it's above asking with no conditions. Exactly. And what you're saying is, you can wait till after the weekend, but here's something amazing that if you turn down right now, we're going to maybe disappear before offer presentation right exactly so take this now or wait and see what you get and it puts sellers in precarious positions it does
1: well it's the one in the hand two in the bush scenario exactly like hey if you hold off you might get more You may not, you may get less. And I've actually, in the past, bullied offers where we do not show up on Tuesday, and nobody else does either. And they sell for less than what we were offering.
2: Sure, Um, because
1: maybe you get another bully that you're doing on that weekend as well. Exactly.
2: And we've had some success lately with bully offers, and we had a ton of success last spring. And now that the market's heating up again, there's a sense that there's... You know, a lot of people are waiting on offers, but there's a sense now that the seller's agents are not confident that they're going to get the outcome that they would have got, say, last spring.
1: Right, exactly. Well, and it makes sense. Not... Even it just because of where we are in the fall market, right? right? First couple weekends of September, everything's ramping up, and it is ramping up. It's very busy out there. Totally, but no one knows where the market's going yet, right? right. I think two weeks from now, everybody's going to know with confidence what the fall is going to look like. Yeah. Right now, it's busy, but everybody's a little bit hesitant to to turn down a good offer. So if you now's a good, time a good to get strategy. Be but yeah. But let's sure. flip
2: the script on that because what I'm going to suggest is that. When you're on the sell side, what we've done in the past quite successfully is accept bullied offers and use the offer presentation as leverage to get somebody to come up
1: initially, right? Well, yeah. The if you flip if you flip it like that, the funny part is it's almost like the person who bullies an offer is competing with other offers you know, that are imagined, the looming threat the imagined, of other offers. Offer. So you're you know you're you're giving them above asking, sure, potentially in a bullied offer, so, which often they do. Often you'll come in at above asking to to you know make it attractive, with the idea that there's going to be other offers. And uh, if you're a seller. Exactly. Well, if you're a seller, you can really you, you can, you can leverage that. So, yeah. And here's
2: what that usually sounds like at an open house. When are you guys looking at offers? And the seller's agent will say, well, likely after the weekend. But if something really good came along, you know, we'd consider it. That's where you know there's an opportunity on the buy side, the bully. And on the sell side, what they're basically saying is, give me something amazing and you won't have to compete. Yeah. So the tip of the market to you today is one on the buy side you can actually strategically save money through bullying yes and on the sell side you can actually leverage imaginary offers and make
1: money yeah so there's some food for thought absolutely uh, on, on either side
2: yeah and speaking of food for thought
1: matt we've got the listings promotion that we're still running until the end of the year that is right get in touch with adam and myself we'll give you a free home evaluation We'll give you the best marketing plan, the best service, and get you the best price. And there's an incentive in this. There's absolutely an incentive, so get
2: in touch. And Matt, now we have our interview with Ramen Hera of Hera Homes. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Ramen Hera, owner and builder at Hera Homes. How are you, Raman? Good. How are you guys doing today? Hey, pretty good, Raman. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so maybe we'll start, Raman. Can you maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, I started out in the construction industry uh, in the mid-90s. Uh, we had a family business and I was uh, started working with them. And then uh, I stepped uh, away from the construction industry for a little bit uh, in the early 2000s. I would still do spec homes on my own uh, and sell those. And then um, in the late... I think it was 2011. I, I decided to go back and do it more on a full time basis, and I uh, opened my own construction company and uh, did spec homes. And uh, up until recently, just uh, in the last few years, I've uh, just started taking on clients, and um, the business has started growing. and uh, doing really well.
1: Excellent, fantastic. And did you basically grow up in a in a family that built homes then? or?
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, my dad would uh, build homes, and uh, he would take me out to the job sites. And I basically learned everything I knew, uh, hands-on experience, and um, just being around all the trades all the time.
2: So you said, did you take a hiatus there from building then?
0: Yeah, it was it was back, uh, I would say, in the early 2000s, and I um, uh, just decided to take a little bit of a hiatus and uh, check out different career paths. But I came back to it. It started getting uh, more profitable in the uh, late 2000s, mid-2000s. And I decided, you know, I'll take another swing at it, see how it goes.
1: And it sounds like, Raman, well, we know you work primarily in Burnaby, but is that where you kind of came up as well?
0: Um, No, it's actually... I started. I grew up. I was born and raised in Abbotsford. And uh, in grade eleven and twelve, my parents moved us over to Surrey. We did a little bit of business out there. A couple, uh, about eight nine years, and decided to come over to Burnaby. And been doing. We've been doing business out here for the last. 12 13 years primarily in Burnaby. So I've uh, usually people go in the opposite direction. They uh, sell in Vancouver, move out to east. I've we've been going in the opposite direction.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe to kind of jump right in, how do you generally go about finding lots in Metro Vancouver?
0: Yeah, see uh wow, that's a that's a tricky question because I mean generally everybody goes to MLS. I I research MLS a lot. Um mm-hmm. I have a couple of uh, realtors that I work with really closely, so they give me a call as soon as something pops up on the market, or when I'm at a job site, I'll be actually working. The neighbors will come up to me, and uh, you know, uh, we'll talk. And I've got a few transactions that way as well, just uh, by going out there and talking to people.
2: Do you use any uh, door knockers or or people that are kind of out, kind of canvassing the area for for builders, or have you in the past?
0: I haven't tried that in the past. I've actually done it myself a few times. And um, a lot of the times it's a real hit and miss concept of that is just that you got to be out there a lot to do yeah, that. So right. I just rather leave it up to the people that are really good at it, like the experts like you guys, you know, the real estate agents. They get in all the phone calls and stuff like that. So they usually find something before I do. So it's great that way.
1: And, and so it sounds like you've built a, a good team. What do you look for in a property?
0: Well, first for the team, I mean, when I surround I surround myself with, by people that know their specific field way better than I could understand it. So, I mean, you have to surround yourself with the best people out there. Otherwise, you're, you'll never succeed. You got to be able to give up control in certain areas and you got to be willing to understand that other people know more about their field than you actually do. And as far as for locations of lots it's the actual location what's it surrounded by is there schools there is there transportation and that's my starting point i always look for something that's in a desirable area because that sort of a property will you know sell quicker than the property that's not in a desirable area
1: so just i had a question yesterday i'm just wondering what your thoughts are about it a client of mine found a lot on a on a very busy road Looks like it's not selling, you know, there could be a deal there. But would you be interested in a lot like that, or are you looking for those prime lots?
0: It depends. Yeah, I would be interested, but you have to also factor in right away what the costs are going to be the selling uh, resale price is going to be. I mean, if you're going to buy a property like that, it's in a undesirable location. You have to be willing to negotiate on the actual price as well. you got to be willing to look at, you know, taking, you know, $100,000, $200,000 off the list price of what's selling in a more desirable area, or it depends on what's selling out there. Maybe you can add a little bit more features in that and it'll be more desirable, but you got to understand that you're not going to get uh, top-end prices that other properties are demanding.
2: Yeah. And when, you, when you're building, Raman, do you have a, a margin that you anticipate making on the property, like, you know, 20%, 25%? Yeah,
0: we usually aim for a certain margin on the property, but uh, whenever I go ahead and calculate my margins, I always, uh, I'm really conservative because I just don't know which way the market's going. We all like to assume the market's going to be going up, and it's always going to um, move forward, increase in value, but I mean, with what's going on in bc real estate right now you don't know it could be coming down it could be going up with the ndp in power and uh the different uh real estate changes they want to bring in uh, you you don't know so it's always prudent to um you know minimize or calculate your margin so you're always making something but not so much that you expect you're going to make you know the whole farm or you're going to make all this money a lot of people assume that as soon as you buy a property is going to appreciate 10% every year. I, you can't factor that into the the, the margins for sure.
2: So you got to make money on the buy side basically.
0: Yeah, basically like whenever I'm looking at a property, I always look at uh what I can do on the buy side just to be on the safe side. Mm-hmm. For example, I just picked up a property in North Burnaby and uh, just in the summertime was a perfect time to buy because people are sitting on their hands one thing it's the summer their properties aren't moving. second thing is people are worried of what's going to happen with the provincial government, what what changes they're going to put in. So there was uh, quite a few properties out there that you could have maybe made a little bit of uh, money on the buy side. So one property I picked up, I actually picked up about $80,000 less than its uh, closest comparable, which was sold only two weeks beforehand.
1: Wow, nice work. So it sounds like you're still out there buying properties right now. You see this as an opportunity then? or?
0: Definitely, it's definitely an opportunity out there. Um, but with any sort of opportunity, there's risks associated with it as well, right? So, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't recommend people go out there and you know leverage leverage themselves as much as they can and go buy a property. You know, be be comfortable. But I mean, now we're moving into the spring market. I'm seeing properties going up a little bit in value, but then again, it might be a little bump. We don't know. But I mean, with real estate, it's it's just get in as soon as you can and get in with what you can afford don't over leverage yourself because you don't know what the market's going to swing
2: right right so yeah. you know having said that what are some of the can you share some of the mistakes that you've made over your building career
0: oh uh, yeah Probably the biggest mistake I made when I first started out with my own company was not calculating and uh, calculating in the soft costs of a, of a real estate transaction. A soft cost would be basically the commissions and, um, you know, the insurances, carrying costs, that sort of a thing. I was just right. calculate uh, My first project, I would just calculate the uh, the profit, not those soft costs. Um, still made money, but at the end of the day, the margins weren't that big, so... That was probably my biggest mistake, and and most recently, uh, neglecting social media. I just recently got on social media about uh, eight months ago, and I can't believe how important social media is for real estate. It's unbelievable.
1: In what way, uh, Roman?
0: It's um, marketing, getting your your brand out out there, your name out there. I mean, with Instagram, for realtors and probably builders, it's more important than radio ads or any sort of uh, traditional uh, signage media. I've been getting more phone calls off my Instagram than I did off of my previous website or anything else. It's 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 amazing. You actually, with products like Instagram and Facebook, you can actually target certain groups of people, and right. it's way more effective than uh, radio.
2: Do you use any other uh, platforms? Like, do you do you have an account with uh, House?
0: Um, at this point, I'm just in the process of setting everything up. So with House, not yet, but in the, in the near future, the next couple of months, we're going to have that up. Okay.
1: Great. Switching gears, Ramen. here, it sounds like you work mainly in Burnaby. Yeah. What are currently the most exciting neighborhoods? Where do you think there's uh, some some good buys?
0: Right now, I would say the most exciting neighborhoods to be in are in the North Burnaby area, Capitol Hill, Vancouver Heights. Definitely exciting area there. And then if you were looking for a decent deal, East Burnaby is probably the best place to buy right now. But in the last, uh, I would say, eight months or so, the, the property values in East Burnaby have gone up. But There is still some uh, decent buys out there. And uh, for Vancouver, I mean, I've heard only good things about Strathcona. It's being changed. It's being gentrified with a hospital going in that general area. I see that area is probably going to be the best buy in the near future. In the next five years, that area is going to change a lot
1: we're coming from you yeah. live from Strathcona. so and yeah. oh, really, a, yeah. a house that yeah. needs to be rebuilt yeah <laughs> adam will be in touch yeah.
0: yeah maybe maybe we can work something out yeah. <laughs> yeah uh
2: yeah. so so also just wondering we know that building costs have gone up quite dramatically in the past decade or so how has that affected yeah. your business and your business model has it has it changed the way you do things
0: not really just uh It's just communicating with the customers. you got to let them know, the buyers and the sellers, you just got to let them know that these are the costs and the costs are going up just because of certain things. Um, The highest cost that I've seen go up is actually in the taxes. For me, it would be the GST. It's just because a lot of the times the the new uh, buyers expect the builder to include the GST in the price, and uh, it ends up being one of those things where it cuts down on your margin. Mm-hmm. As far as the costs going up, it goes up with inflation as soon as the property values are just going up, the trades guys are asking for more money and uh it just seems like when you're making money, everybody has their hand in your pocket. the banks are asking for more in uh lending fees and uh it's it's just a cycle that keeps going and and there's not really uh anything you can do to mitigate that. It's just a, i guess it's the cost of doing business
2: right right so everybody in yeah. our industry talks about price per square foot, especially with condos, but for building you guys you must get this question all the time. Like, what, what can I expect as a price per square foot for from a building perspective? Can yeah. You, can you give us a bit of a range as to what...
0: Yeah, well, that's a loaded question because it depends on the uh, jurisdiction that you're building in. Right. Uh, it depends on the actual property, what the characteristics of the property are. It depends on the neighborhood that you're going to be building in. Um, the short answer is... Generally, if you want to go bare bones, it's going to be about one hundred and fifty dollars a square foot. To uh, more average builds, it's about two hundred, and then the sky's limit. Um, but I, I did a, a pricing for a couple of houses uh, potential customers in White Rock the other day, and uh, uh, there was a six thousand square foot house I was going to uh, build. So that pricing came back at about one hundred and fifty dollars a square foot, while The smaller home, which was about $35, uh, came back at like $185 a square foot. The reason being is the bigger the home gets, the less it costs per square footage to build. Uh, It seems kind of uh, backwards thinking, but that's just the way it is because the trades charge a certain amount of money to get out there, and it's incremental per square foot once it goes up. The price per square foot actually decreases the bigger the house gets.
2: And we've actually heard about people um, building two homes on the same street and trying to save on on the cost of trades. Have you ever done that before? Do you, do you think that's a logical plan?
0: Yeah, definitely what happens is the more you use the trades, uh, the more work you give them, the better uh, better price they give you. It's just that's the way it works. Like I have these trades guys I've known, some of these guys I've known for 20 years that give me these astounding rates on different trades, different uh, items they put in. And if I call in a new contractor, they can't compete. It's just because I've given them so much business. It's it's like mm. building a, a relationship with any sort of a supplier. The more you work with them, the more more work you give them, the better rates they're going to give you. Right,
1: sure. Question for you, Roman. I have a client who actually came in off the podcast, and he's a builder in a in another jurisdiction outside of British Columbia. And he's said to me more than once that he's not very impressed with the quality of builds in Vancouver proper. In your experience, in terms of quality of build and and quality of finishings, the more money you put in, do you see that as a return?
0: Um, It depends. It depends on the area. If you're building in East Vancouver, you're not going to put the same sort of finishings in if you're going to build in West Vancouver.
1: Sure, of course.
0: If you're going to build in, um, you know, uh, by UBC area, if you're going to build in Valley Park, that sort of area... You're not gonna put the same things in that house that you would put in the house in East Burnaby. There's different demographics for different areas of di- and different buyers, right? So it depends. It totally depends on the area. If I was gonna build a house in a higher and more affluent area, yeah, I would go the extra mile and put in, you know, Viking ranges and high-end appliances and you know maybe even put in a walk kitchen depending on who lives in that neighborhood. And I would expect to get my money back for that if I was to put those same finishings in a house in East Burnaby that's 2,200 square feet, I would probably not get my money back from that. So again, it totally depends on the area. And also, one of the reasons that uh, builders are trying to save a little on the build costs in Vancouver is the fees that builders pay in Vancouver. I don't know if you guys are aware, but uh, a home uh, building permit fee for a home last time I checked was between thirty and 35000 and the laneway home was between twenty and 25000 Compare that to somewhere in Burnaby where you're paying about eight to 12000 for building fees. It's uh, dramatic. It's dramatic. The cost to build in Vancouver is uh, it's, it's amazing. So the builder at the end of the day has to cut costs somewhere, I guess. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: my experience is you've got to build for the area and um, you've got to put in whatever's – you can't be the best house in the neighborhood and you can't be the worst house. You've got to put in what people expect for that neighborhood.
2: Strive for mediocrity. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, for you're no, selling stock homes, but yeah, <laughs> for customs, custom homes, you can put in whatever the client wants.
2: Yeah. Um, so another question for you, Raman, here. Um, just wondering about when you're building these homes in Burnaby, are there any things that you just have to do that people just absolutely love that you, you try to incorporate into each build? You know, French doors or um, a suite or laneways or, you know, something that you okay. try to maximize best use
0: okay so in burnaby people are always looking for income helpers so they would they want to have that one suite downstairs people are always looking for a walkout deck the new thing now in burnaby uh, a lot of builders don't do it but i do is putting accordion doors and onto a walkout deck into the back nice Um, nice. people are always looking for high-end appliances as well you know people are spending you know 1.7 to 2.2 million dollars on a on a 33-by-122-foot-wide lot. So in Burnaby, it's about 2,400 square feet. People are paying that much for those properties. You're going to have to put in all those uh, extras, those appliances, that suite. Everybody's looking for uh, radium floor heat these days. Right. Nobody, everybody's shying, everybody's shying away from the four stairs. Uh, so, I mean, the standalone uh, soaker tubs, everybody's looking for those. Family showers, everybody's looking for those. So basically, you gotta when you're asking for that sort of a money, that sort of a um, co- uh, selling price, you gotta always put in those extra features.
1: Right, for right. Sure. Makes sense. How many houses do you have on a go at once usually, Raman?
0: Oh well, uh, this year I have one where we just poured the foundation. I just sold one a few months ago. We poured a foundation for the new build. It's a fifty-five uh, hundred square foot uh, property in Upper Deer Lake. I have one under contract. We're putting plans and submitting to the city of Vancouver in the next week or so. I have another one uh, that I'm putting up in North Burnaby. We're starting Breaking Ground, I think, early January for that. And I have two more potential ones in uh, White Rock as well. So this year, the next 18 months is going to be pretty busy for me.
1: Kidding? Yeah,
2: no kidding. So, Raman, your role essentially though you're you're mostly GCing these jobs, driving, meeting with people. Or do you ever? Uh, yeah. Do you ever jump on the tools? Uh,
0: jumping on the tools, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when I have a little <laughs> time, I'll go out there and uh, help the framer out, help the plumber out. So I've I've got the hands on that I'll do it, but it's not that I'm actually doing the job. I'm just doing right. it because I like doing that job. Most of my days is spent uh, meeting engineers, city officials, uh, real estate agents, uh, buyers, sellers, and obviously the trades. So I'll be on one site and then I'll be on the next site in the next couple of hours. Um, I might be at City Hall later today. I, I don't know. It's My day is so different. Every single day I'll wake up in the morning, I'll look at my phone, I'll see what appointments I have, I'll deal with those appointments, I'll be getting calls and texts. It's constantly all over the place. I'll be driving from one part of the lower Mainland to the other part of the lower Mainland, Pretty much all day.
1: So, Raman, and you have this, obviously, deep experience here, meeting with the city and and everyone else in just your day-to-day. We talk to a lot of novice investors, people that are just starting out and potentially thinking about about building. What is your best piece of advice for investing in Vancouver real estate?
0: Investing in Vancouver real estate, I would say... Get in, don't have these grand thoughts of grandeur where you're thinking you're gonna buy uh you know a three thousand square foot house and it's gonna be cheap and I'm gonna make tons of money off it. You gotta start somewhere like if you can't get into a house, get into a two bedroom condo you can't get into that get into a one bedroom condo you can't get into that, move east, go to Burnaby, get something there. Real estate isn't um. It's not one of those things where you're going to get rich overnight. It's one of those things where it's a continuous game. It's going to take you 20, 30 years to get to where you want to go. But don't be discouraged. You need to get in at some point. That's basically what I would tell people that want to get into real estate. You just got to keep trying. If you can't get in here in Vancouver, you can't get in Burnaby, you can't get in Coquitlam, move a little further east. Maybe make it a rental property. Maybe add some value to it, renovate it, and then pull some money out of that and move on, come West, you know, buy something bigger. You know, there's so many different avenues out there. There's so many different opportunities. Vancouver is a great place to live and great place to invest, but it's not the end all be all. There's other places out there if you can't afford to be here. Right. So that's the only word of advice I would give is just get out there and find something. There's opportunities.
2: That's uh, that's fantastic advice. Yeah. No kidding. Hey, Raman, um, we got this segment called the five wire. Can you stick around for that?
0: Sure, yeah. Go okay, ahead.
2: Excellent. So uh, what, what's your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver or Burnaby?
0: Uh, for Burnaby, it would be North Burnaby, Capitol Hill area. That's my favorite. Vancouver, I like Riley Park. That that area is nice, Riley Park. And uh, obviously, anything close to UBC there. I went to school there, so I have kind of a little soft spot for that area. Favorite yeah. bar or restaurant? Uh, right now, it's going to be Crafts, Olympic Village there. Yeah, that's, that's a excellent one. You
2: know, yeah, you only have like three thousand right. beers to choose from there.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly.
2: <laughs> um, West Side Mansion or Downtown Penthouse? Downtown Penthouse. Wow, interesting. From for a sure, home, from sure. a house builder.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's well, you know, <laughs> the thing is, uh, West Side Mansion. It's great. It's huge. It's really nice. But uh, Downtown Penthouse is actually you got the views and everything. It'd be nice to be out there and close to everything, walking around. I spend so much time in the car, right? Yeah, don't get out to walk around too much. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. You hate mowing the lawn. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, where do you bring somebody, a guest from out of town? First place you bring them in Metro Vancouver.
0: Uh, that would be Gastown. Uh, walk around there a little bit, then probably head over to Stanley Park, and then uh, English Bay.
1: Perfect. And yeah. and last uh, here, and you might not want to go on the record, but uh, DeWalt or Makita.
0: <laughs> DeWalt all the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all the way i think we just showed how little we know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about tools
0: <laughs> dewalt is a little bit more expensive but i never had any problems with him. never had any problems with them. all
2: right perfect perfect so hey so yeah. ramen how can people get a hold of you how can they get in touch
0: well you can give me a call directly my uh, number is 604 767 4637 that's 604 767 4637 they can check me out on instagram at uh, hera homes 1 uh, it's just the number one. Or uh, my website is uh, going to be put up next week at harahomes.ca.
2: Excellent. Fantastic. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking yeah. the time. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, Roman. no
0: problem. Thanks for having me.
2: Okay, have a great, great day.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: So there you have it folks, our discussion with the Ramen Hera of Hera Homes.
2: Matt, super interesting conversation with Raman. Uh, yeah. definitely insightful uh to talk to one guy uh, who's a builder, who's from a family of builders about yeah. his business and and how he thinks about things and uh and and really interesting real estate tip. We've kind of said that before on the podcast, but really yeah, whatever you got to do to get into the market, just get into the market. He's not the only one who said
1: it, but that's that's great advice. Yeah. Is there yeah. any other takeaway?
2: yeah you know the other takeaway was just how penalized you know redevelopment is in Vancouver, yeah and uh it, it's interesting because we've talked about this a lot, but you know I mean a lot of developers are shifting east and they're going to municipalities where it's easier to build, and we often think of that within the context of multifamily right, so you think of like Clark and Como going into Berquitla or
1: or Brentwood just how how, how developed
2: exactly coming
1: so quickly I mean, exactly and bad. the and
2: the b- building heights that they're getting out there um you know and and the lack of red tape but it's interesting even from a home building perspective that Raman was saying, you know what the reason I operate in Burnaby more so than Vancouver is one, the costs of permits. Yeah. And, and two, obviously, I don't I don't know if he actually said it, but we've talked about it before. Clearly, the wait times. Yeah. Right? yeah. No, it's just a
1: lot easier to build in Burnaby by the sounds of things.
2: Yeah. And, and way more cost effective. And at least you know your margins. Yeah. Right? For sure. For sure. And timelines.
1: So, Matt, what else do we have? What else do we got on the way out here? We got private client services. The market's picking up. Also, the people reaching out. The numbers are increasing here. And it's just been a great couple of weeks. A lot of people sign up for private client services, that yeah. real estate research tool we have.
2: And a lot of people, actually, we've been selling some projects, a lot of people getting in touch who are investors looking to buy. We appreciate everybody reaching out. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of success with uh, with getting access to a lot of new projects. So keep reaching out. We love to hear from you. Yeah,
1: most definitely. Most and definitely. Matt,
2: private client services. If you're not using PCS, you are standing still while everybody else is power walking by. <laughs> and I think the thing is about PCS is that you get sold prices, you get days on market. It's integrated with all the map functions. Yeah. And the nice thing is, it's updated about 36 to 72 hours before. Other public services. So be the first person to see the listing. Yep. Right. Especially if you're a builder. Um, and also be the first to see the sale price. Yeah. And exactly. you don't have to bug your realtor.
1: Well, and and not only that, it's a one-stop shop, right? You totally. you know you're not gonna miss anything because it's all gonna be there.
2: And it's organized. And anyways, we've got amazing feedback. Our clients love it, our listeners love it. So if you want to create a PCS account, go to Vancouver Real Estate slash PCS today.
1: And we are updating our site very regularly here, yeah. and with fantastic information. So for sure, go to vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. dot com. Also, uh, get in touch with us if you want to list, you want to talk about the market, you want to buy, you just want to reach out in any way seven seven eight eight four seven two eight five four or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast com, or you can try me at seven seven eight eight six six four five seven four or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast
2: dot com, and Brady D. Info at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com. And one last thing, Matt, before we go, uh, check out VREP Livewire is live in an effect. It's the Livewire. live in live live full effect. Full effect. It's You never know what you're going to get, but... Uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So go sign up for that. You'll be kept in loop for new episodes when we launch. And then there's also some insider information. Oh, you know, There's quite a bit of insider
1: information. Absolutely. Well. So, so yeah. sign up for the VREP Livewire on our site as well. Get in touch, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com, and we'll see you next week. Take care.
0: 2,000 Faces for Radio. Subscribe today.
2: Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419.
1: We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy